Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Tuesday, August 22nd. It's five minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels, and we're glad you're listening this morning. You can follow along on YouTube if you'd like, typing Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. So 54% of Americans say they disapprove of the way Joe Biden is handling his job, and this is according to a new survey from the American Research Group. 48% say they expect that their financial situation in their household will be better in a year from now. What's going to change a year from now? So this new poll out has Biden at 54% disapprove, 41% approve. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would say there are probably that many stupid people in the country. And so that's probably about right. It is very similar to where it was in July. And um, isn't it fascinating? So if you read, you know, and I've always encouraged people to, to do this, some of the greatest writings in the history of man are what are called the Federalist Papers. And you can readily access these at your own leisure. Uh, libraries are very woke now, so maybe they don't have them anymore, but they're readily available on the internet. And the Federalist Papers are the writings back and forth amongst the people who became what we now know as the Founding Fathers. And you know, always the, well, they never could have envisioned blah, blah, blah. And you have no idea what they meant when they said, no, nah, it's all there. Like, I mean, if you read the writings of these people back and forth, you know exactly what they meant to do when they put the country together, what the Constitution was. I mean, all of this stuff is spelled out in these writings back and forth. And one of the things that they talked about is, you know, a giant warning sign on political parties because they recognize that when it when politics when it becomes club sport people defend the club ahead of the people mm. and when you're defending the club ahead of the people you don't get the best people to be in charge of society and you know, it has been a steady downward tick since the inception of the country. Obviously, political parties have become more and more prevalent and prominent. We now have two major political parties and look at the condition of the country. And now we're about to have arguably the two most unlikable people based on polling and approval ratings, et cetera, to to ever be a major party nominee and they're going to be the nominees of both parties. Mm -hmm. So the founding fathers, once again, basically 100% correct. They knew what would happen and it's going to be Trump against Biden where everyone hates both of these people. And if either side would just pick anybody else, they'd probably win running away. But because parties can't get out of their own way, here we are. It's very polarizing. I think uh, Biden is going to lose this election if the economy doesn't approve. Improve. Well, no, but here, here's the problem, Casey. If all the legal votes are counted, probably right. But when you have mass mail-in unaccountable voting and vo and more importantly, vote tallying, well, then you can make the vote be whatever you want to be. Mm. Uh, look, I mean, we were, we are led to believe that 81 million people voted for a guy who never left his basement in 2020. 
The guy never left his basement. We are led to believe that America is now so apathetic when it comes to politics. They said, I have no idea what this guy stands for. And he's old and decrepit and super racist and never leaves his basement. Sure, I'll vote for him. Yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, so why would we think mm-hmm. if indeed that was the standard of 2020 that something going wrong with the economy is going to... Because the economy sucked in 2022. Well, at the beginning of the summer, the White House put out this press release and they were saying how great Bidenomics is and that it's working, but people don't believe it. And people see this when they go to the grocery store, when they go to the gas station, when you're paying the electric bill every month, every week, you're hit with this. Yeah, but look at last year. Look at last year, and you would have thought there was ever a time, hey, the party opposite uh, that is not in power is going to just clean up, and you're going to you know, win 60 seats in the House, and you're going to win five or six seats in the Senate. What what has changed? Right. I mean, and you, you, you're right, because in 22, the GOP, they campaigned on fixing inflation and lowering the crime. There, there, there's two things at play here. Number one, people don't like or trust Republicans because they're not likable and they're not trustworthy. And the Republicans have absolutely 100 percent done that to themselves. And two, in a well, there's three things really at play. That's number one. Number two, in places like Pennsylvania, where you now have basically the law of the state is the mass mail and unaccountable voting. John Fetterman started with a 300,000 vote lead on Dr. Oz. Now, Dr. Oz was an unlikable doofus, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But there's no way John Fetterman started with a the guy couldn't. Hi, good night, everybody. Mm-hmm. We're led to believe that that many people were so passionate about voting for a hi, good night, everybody, that they flooded the United States Postal Service with ballots. Boy, we can't wait to vote early for that. Uh, the guy once compared Biden to a collapsed bridge. I'm standing here with this collapsed bridge. Uh, that's number two. And number three is Trump remains and st- polling, exit polling, all of it shows this, and people can be mad if they want. I'm just telling you what the data shows. Trump's candidates dramatically have un- dramatically underperformed non-endorsed Trump candidates in swing states. Well, and-, you can, and you can hate me for telling you that. I'm telling you what every single exit poll and data piece of data shows. And along with that is Kevin McCarthy just going on and agreeing with Biden on the debt ceiling. Sure, that's what so, I said. So what do we get? Well, that's what I said, Casey. You, the Republicans are wholly unlikable, and you and you cannot trust them. Here's a let's bring it back local because this is what this is what we do, and this is why our show is very popular. They all sell out pretty much eventually, Casey. And let's bring it hyper local. Look at our our old old pal, phony tough guy, Jim Banks. Jim Banks for quite a while in the in the U.S. House of Representatives was a pretty decent guy, and he was pretty conservative, and he took some pretty tough votes and kind of said, cool, this is a guy maybe we can kind of depend on to really do what's hard. What happens this year? Mm -hmm. Jim Banks Mm -hmm. runs for party leadership, is resoundingly rejected by the party because the party is not conservative. The Republicans are liberal. They're for big government and big spending. And what does Jim do? Instead of standing and fighting and sitting and saying, F me, no F you, and making those people miserable because Jim Banks had the ability, he had enough gravitas that if he had said, if he had come out during the Kevin McCarthy vote-a-thon for speaker, we're done here. I'm taking 50 or 60 people with me and Kevin McCarthy, you'll never be speaker. He had the ability to do that. What did he do? He rolled over. He rolled over and kissed the ring finger. Why? Because Jim Banks wants to be in the club. Mm -hmm. He wanted to be a U.S. senator. He is an office hopper. He wanted the next 
thing, and he recognized the next thing. And this is the fault of us, Casey. The fault of us as a society. We allow this to happen. We reward this. He had to get the establishment he, on his side. The politicians are more important to people like Jim Banks and all, almost all the rest of these people than the, politi- the, the than the people. The politicians matter more because we keep rewarding people who get on bended knee and kiss the ring finger of these politicians. And so Jim Banks, if politics is all you care about, absolutely 100% did the right thing by kissing the ring finger of Kevin McCarthy. Why? Nobody... Good. They get, nobody good is running against him because he has showed he's, I'm a reliable team player. He's now in bed with Eric uh, Holcomb and Kyle Hupfer, who have endorsed him and the state party, which the last set of endorsement I would want is from the Indiana Republican Party on anything, have endorsed him. And he's going to be a U.S. senator. Jim Banks was rewarded for awful behavior. So if all you care about is moving up the ladder, which is what Jim Banks has exposed himself to be, he gets rewarded. We are to blame for this. Bringing this full circle on all of this, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, John Fetterman, Bernie Sanders, pick them all, all of them, the governance. We have done this because we we believe we deserve to be treated like crap and we keep voting for people who treat us like crap. It's all about the control and the power. And CNN warning viewers that Donald Trump has a real uh, warning viewers. Warning. 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 Uh, that Donald Trump has a real chance of winning the general election against Biden. And we've had three polls that have come out over the last week here. And I want you to take a look at how close this race is at this particular point. Granted, the general election is over a year away. The largest lead for Joe Biden is just three points within the margin of error. No clear leader. Look at these. One point. One point. If you go back at where we were at this point four years ago, Joe Biden's lead was high single digits to low double digits. This is significantly closer than where we were four years ago. So this idea that Donald Trump can't win the general election, I want you to lose that idea. This race is very, very close, and Donald Trump is polling better right now than basically at any point during the entire 2020 After cycle. After four indictments. After four indictments. It just doesn't really seem to matter. That's fascinating. Harry Anton, thank you. Thank you. Is it possible that Donald Trump will peak too early? Well, I think you're in an uncharted frontier, and I think it's fascinating that the only two people who could lose to each other are going to likely run against each other, Mm -hmm. and the American people claim, at least if you believe polling data, that they are desperately wanting someone else, yet to bring this conversation full circle and end it where we we began, this is why the, the... founding fathers railed against and warned about the danger of political parties. Here is my question to the Trump, the only Trump person, because there's a lot of people who want Trump for a bevy of reasons. What are you going to get that you're so excited about? Like if, if you're, if you're, if you tell me I'm excited, Rob, because it will be four years of conflict and Trump is going to help burn the thing to the ground further and expose the cabal. Okay, I'll buy that. But I, I, I think more people think the country is going to get markedly better under Trump. And let's face it, Trump did okay. He was an okay president. He wasn't, uh, you know, the greatest president ever. He wasn't the worst. He was okay. He did some good things when the going was easy. But when the going got tough, what was Donald Trump's default position? Authoritarianism massive growth of government and massive growth of government spending. That was the policy of Trump in crisis. 
authoritarianism, massive growth of government, massive growth of government spending. Don't be mad at me for telling you what Donald Trump did. Why would you want more of that? If indeed you're like me and you just say, well, they're all going to let us down anyway. Let's have some fun. Let's, you know, let's get on a roller coaster on the highway to hell, right? Mm -hmm. Fine. We may be in the same camp, but there are a lot of people who think Trump is going to make things better and he does not have a track record when crisis point hits of defaulting to liberty and freedom. He certainly doesn't have a track record of constricting government. I, I am. I remain perplexed by the by the whole thing. For the people who want to expose the cabal, hasn't he already done that? Isn't he doing that with every indictment? Don't we already know that? Yes, and he can't be trusted to fix it because he had a chance to fix it. And it's easy to say, and we keep coming back to this, it's easy to say, well, he didn't know. You're right. He probably did not know the first year he was in there about how deep and awful the federal government and government at all levels is. But he certainly knew by the time he appointed Bill Barr. He certainly knew by the time he appointed Christopher uh, Ray. He certainly knew by the time he had Fauci in charge and was running him out there on a, on a daily basis. Everybody gets a grace period. But after two or three years, if you're still appointing the same kind of people, then that's a you thing. That's not a that's not a them thing. I mean, if you're if you're going to engage in a relationship with a a man or a woman who, you know, has a propensity to cheat on their significant other, then you shouldn't be like, oh, my gosh, surprised by it. Woe is me. This person did exactly what they've done to everyone else. Yeah. Definition of insanity. Right. Doing the same thing repeatedly and expecting a different result. It is 18 minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. minutes after 10 it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc is that is that bruce springsteen uh, that sounds better that sounds that's john like cafferty and the beaver brown band <laughs> you know john cafferty and the beaver brown are amazing because it is literally as if a cover band mm-hmm. had monumental success yeah. you, know, you see this all the time i'm here to see the foreigner cover band you know fake foreigner whatever it is these these days you know there's all these famous bands and cover bands and of course and god bless these people who are in these cover bands but let's face it you might see you know an eagles cover band and maybe they could play the vogue they're not playing ruoff right john cafferty and the beaver brown are the one cover band that has a following. Who had monumental yeah. success because all that guy is is a colossal Bruce Springsteen ripoff, <laughs> and he made a gajillion dollars being being the the he's the one cover band that got out and had mainstream success. I love it when Kevin selects music just to push your buttons because you know that's what he's doing. Oh yeah, I love it. And you know that guy knew when he was do what he was doing. You knew he. You know he knew. Because he sounds just like him, and everybody thinks it's him. Mm. To me, he just sounds like Eddie Wilson and the Cruisers. (laughs) 
So you're saying he's a poser, huh? Yeah. Total poser. Yeah. Let's talk about Brian uh, Byron Donalds. This is a rep from Florida. And he said that if the mainstream media would just report on the facts and quit editorializing, then it would expose the Bidens to the American public about yeah. how dishonest they are. Yeah, this was interesting. So he was on, I think it was Newsmax he was on, and he was talking about Weiss, the, I guess now, special counsel is that what we call him now yeah he was a prosecutor who didn't prosecute so mm-hmm. in the most federal government thing ever he got rewarded and now he got a promotion and now he's special counsel he was talking about how this guy weiss will not produce anything and that merrick garland the attorney general as it relates to hunter biden knows exactly what's going on and then one thing that came out of it that was very interesting was he said the house will start an impeachment inquiry into joe biden well, look, I know the David Weiss uh, investigation is not going to produce much of anything because if David Weiss was going to do something, he would have done it already. What he tried to do was sweep this stuff under the rug. We all know that the plea deal that he orchestrated was blown up. And by the way, Merrick Garland knows about the details of this plea deal because any plea deal from a U.S. attorney gets signed off by the attorney general. So we know how deep Merrick Garland is into this. So I don't expect much there. What House Republicans are going to do, we're going to finish our investigation because all the information that has come forward that has frankly made the Department of Justice look like an outfit actually obstructing justice on behalf of the Biden family has come from the House Oversight Committee and the House Judiciary Committee and House Ways and Means. That's how the American people know about all this information. We're going to continue our investigation. I fully expect for the House to start an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden, because what we are clearly seeing is that Joe Biden has facilitated and allowed his son to be an unregistered foreign agent shaking down foreign companies for money to the Biden family while they were selling influence of Joe Biden, or should I say Robert L. Peters, or whatever pseudonym he's working under. Boom, roasted. Yeah. Okay, so this David Weiss, though, the Department of Justice is supposed to be independent. We all know that's not happening right now. It is the Biden administration's Department of Justice. But the Washington Post is reporting that Weiss worked with then Delaware Attorney General Bo Biden, who is, of course, the elder son of President Biden. This guy, this Weiss, has a long tenured relationship with the Bidens. What? Yeah. And he's not going to do anything to hurt the Bidens or his relationship. And every day new revelations come out about him. And he really should not be the special counsel for the case because he's completely biased. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we've got some very fabulous voicemails, including I guess Mike Braun has a big event tonight in Carmel and someone is going and they want to know what they're supposed to ask Mike Braun. And I'm going to lay out what every person when they see Mike Braun out and about in public should ask Mike Braun. It's nice that he came back to Indiana. Well, you know, he's probably, there's 9,000 people running for governor, but of the 9,000, he's probably <laughs> the, the front runner right now. And uh, every single person, there are two questions that every single person should ask Mike Braun. So we like to make our listeners happy, mm-hmm. and we're going to make this listener very happy when we come back. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. 
It's time to hear from you with your voicemails at 317-684-8444. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Okay, so one of the things we like to do here is we like to make you, the listeners, happy on the voicemail segment. It's kind of your segment. And so from time to time, we like to try to not only play your voices, but answer your questions. And I think this is a very relevant question because... Well, Casey, one of the great things about six million people running for governor is that they're going to need every vote they can get, which means this show, Mm -hmm. which I don't know if you know, Casey, has been pretty good the last couple of years at getting people to vote differently than they normally have in the past. Well, we take on a whole new importance. And boy, you know how I hate being important, Casey. It's just something that really (laughs) I wake up every day and say, gosh, just wish my show didn't have such an impact. So much pressure. Uh, um, And so one of the things that uh, we are vowing on this show is every single person running for governor, whoever gets it is going to earn it at least between nine and noon on this show every single day with the, you know, look, I get you can only hear us from Ohio to Illinois and all points in between. And, you know, tens of thousands of people are listening, you know, throughout the course of the three hours we're on each day. So what little influence we have, we're going to use that to hold every single one of these people accountable so that when they, whoever wins, you're all going to know exactly where they stand. And I'm going to say right now, The biggest fraudster of the bunch is Mike Braun uh, because Mike Braun's record, when he had an ability to impact things, does not match the rhetoric when he has no ability to impact things. Okay. So we got a call about Mike Braun. Apparently there's some sort of event tonight that he's doing. Someone's going and is asking for some advice. Hi, Kendall and Casey. Love the show. This is Joanne. I listen every day. Just wanted to let you know that Mike Braun is coming to the American Legion tomorrow night, Tuesday, at 6.15, and that's at 852 West Main in Carmel. But, Rod, maybe you might want to come and voice your opinion or hear what he has to say. And if not, if you can't come, I'd like to know what I questions I could ask him. That's great, and uh, I'll listen tomorrow for your answer. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Now, we haven't talked about this, but I'm guessing that you're going to say that she should ask him something about the greatest tax increase in the state of Indiana. Uh, Yes, and no, unfortunately, I won't be there. I I don't think I'll be going to any of these uh, political Republican events because there are probably shoot-on-site orders if I were to uh, show up. But you're going, and yes, so there are two things you should absolutely, every person, not just this lady, should ask Mike Braun because he's a big, tough-talking conservative in the U.S. Senate where he has no ability to to impact things. Um, And everyone should ask Mike Braun why, as a member of the Indiana General Assembly, because he's supposedly a conservative, why in 2017 he rolled over and played dead and voted for the largest tax increase in the history of the state of Indiana, which goes up every single year with no accountability whatsoever. The Republicans just renewed it again. It's going to cost you, the taxpayer, $90 million over the next three years, which is the tax on gasoline, Mm -hmm. which emboldens and promotes INDOT, which I know from experience is about the last organization you would want to give a blank check to. Why did Mike Braun, as a supposed conservative, vote to give now, hundreds of millions of dollars in tax increases 
why did he vote to install hundreds of no, now hundreds of millions of dollars of tax increases on you? How is that conservative? And why did he vote as a part of that budget for more than 40 other tax increases during 2017? He's been very busy. He's uh, been doing a lot of time here in Indiana, oh? which is... He's running for governor. Well, he should he, be. He needs to get out of the swamp. Here. Right. He needs to get out of the swamp and come home. The other thing, that you, and look, there's a laundry list of things you could ask the guy, but I'm saying I'm guessing they're not going to let you write a Dickens novel as you're at this event. The other thing that you should ask him and everyone should ask him is why he thinks it's okay that you are being taxed out of being able to afford your home. Because we received a very detailed account from a listener of the show who asked him about this at a county fair and was told directly by Braun, this isn't even a big deal. I'm not doing anything to help you with property taxes. It'll fix itself. Mm. Kiss my ass. Have a nice day. Now, no. I'm not sure if he actually said kiss my ass, but I'm throwing that in there because that is essentially the response. So why does Mike Braun, supposed conservative, think that it's no big deal that your property taxes have doubled or in some case tripled over the last couple of years? And why is he not planning to do absolutely anything about it? And how does he actually think it's going to fix itself if the uh, housing prices are not dropping? Well, they're doing that two-year task force to look into it. <laughs> So what, Michael, get back to us in two years? Yeah, pretty much. That's what I think what he's saying. And, and, and you know, with unlimited funds like he has, it doesn't hurt him. Well, that, and you're, you hit the nail on the head. And this is Mike Braun is just another rich guy who has bought his way through public office. I mean, think about what he did. He wanted to be a state rep. Okay, he did it. He wanted to be U.S. senator. He did it. That's fine. That's the country we live in. You can spend as much of your own vast fortune as you want on public office. It's great. But now we, our show, This Us, have the ability to hold him and the other five people who are running accountable for their actual record and viewpoint. And Mike Braun's actual record and viewpoint when he had the ability to do something to help people was to take a giant middle finger and stick it right in your face and say, shut up and pay. Mm -hmm. You don't get away with that here. All right, uh, our buddy called. Uh, we have used this guy in liners before, uh, plays throughout the course of our show. Uh, initially, when he called, he hated you. Yep. And then at some point, he, he forgot was, Kevin was he a human was dismissive being. dismissive of Kevin. Yes, that, uh, what, a young man or whatever. Yeah, he said young man or whatever he is yes. or something like that. Totally dismissive of Kevin's mm -hmm. humanity. And then he initially had said, I loved your... He weekend you, show, my right. weekend show, and you were ruining me for him. Mm -hmm. And then immediately after that, flipped to the fact that I'm awful. And now he has stayed on the I'm awful bandwagon, which you know, Casey, the role in that, those people go straight to the front of the line. Sure. Yeah, you were talking about Casey's daughter taking a uh, wine class at Purdue. Everybody takes elective drops. You must have taken one at IUPUI. Isn't that kind of like Ivy Tech? Uh, you must have taken one, uh, How to Be Annoying. I'm sure you passed. <laughs> Isn't that great? Well, he was funny this time. He wasn't just... I'm going to be honest. If this guy did stand-up comedy, <laughs> I, would, I would be front row, front and center. <laughs> and I would hope he would roast me. What, we've talked about this before, and you've obviously been in management and radio. You've seen a lot more than I have. But the mind of the person... Look, we don't we don't have any ability to impact anyone by force, right? I can't raise or lower your taxes. I can't make you wear a mask. I can't let a domestic terrorist write part of the police reform bill. Uh, I'm just a guy, and and 
working in the very confined boxes of the Federal Communications Commission mm-hmm. who broadcasts for three hours a day. Yeah. And think about what must be going on in the mind of someone who it appears because the guy calls all the time. A very important part of his life is calling the radio show voicemail to make insults at the radio broadcaster, especially when the radio broadcaster lets you know that doesn't bother me at all. In fact, I I actually find it quite humorous and I love that I annoy you that much and that you still listen. He's putting his best effort in. Yeah, I think he just wants to be on this show, like an an actual (laughs) member of the show. And he basically is at this point. By the way, update on the wine tasting class. Uh, So so your daughter is taking a wine tasting class at Purdue. It's an elective at Purdue. She's got to do it for her degree. Uh, She had the first class last night, first day of school. There was no wine tasting. What? <laughs> the wine tasting class. <laughs> Maybe next week. Um, all right. So we did get a call. Of course, we had talked about yesterday, Kyle Hupfer out mm-hmm. as the head of the GOP. As we told you a month ago, he was going to leave. Anne Hathaway. Uh, and- Anne Hathaway in, exit stage uh, left Stooge 1, mm-hmm. uh, enter Stooge 2, Holcomb nominating Anne Hathaway, and meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Uh, Republican Party remains very invested in as much taxation and as much spending and as much growth of government as possible. Somebody called about that. Yeah, I just have to comment on what you just said on listening on the resignation of Kyle Hupfer. Personally, I didn't think he was ever going to resign. I figured he'd try to stay there until he was dead. (laughs) Um, So I would say I would have said good riddance, but I do have a feeling he's going to be having a lot of influence, as you said. Number two, with regards to um, them probably going to rig, put in Brad Chambers, I think they probably end up rigging the primary in order to get Brad Chambers in. And you listed, Rob, the accomplishments, well, if you, you, if you can even call them that, of the big taxes, big government that Holcomb Inc. has done. And I would say this is a reason, maybe all those are reasons. Contrast that to a state like Florida where I plan to be moving pretty soon after college because, look, I I was born and raised here a Hoosier, and I loved every minute of it. But you know what? Once I'm out of here, and I encourage anybody who's my age, once you graduate, move to a state that's going to be much better to live in. I think I know who that is. Um, He's famous. That's the guy that called Todd Young the Duke of Spendingburg on Mm C-SPAN. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing he's going to get when he moves to Florida is he's not going to get that uh, income tax. Yeah. So, yeah Florida, Florida has none. Right. A big zero. Yeah. And you've lived there. You know. Mm-hmm. It's like getting a $10,000 raise. Yeah. What is the compelling, and this is the question I ask people, unless you are, so look, look for me, it's uh, my parents are here. My grandparents are here. You know, it's a, this is the only life I've ever known. And I freely except that's the state version of being a townie, right? I'm Mm -hmm. a Hoosier lifer. Yeah. But if you are making the case to a young, vibrant person who has options and abilities and unlike me is into clinging to the days of yore, like they're, you know, spiraling towards the core of the earth, what is the compelling reason to tell somebody, come and stay in Indiana? Your taxes aren't low. The government's very big. There's not all sorts of liberties and freedoms. I mean, what, what, like, what is the pitch if, if you're looking at Florida or Texas or, you know, any of these other places, Tennessee, what's the pitch to Indiana? It's, there's not one, right? I mean, it's well, a- I think that that's one of the reasons Eric Holcomb keeps talking about bringing businesses 
to Indiana. The problem with the businesses, and this is what, look, what, when I first started in government, look, jobs don't, jobs don't matter. This is the thing. It'll it'll create 4,000 jobs. Well, we always hear how low Indiana's unemployment rate is, so jobs don't matter. When they say it'll create 4,000 jobs, what you need to insert is it'll bring 3,500 people who don't live in this state to Indiana. Do you want 3,500 new people moving in here? Because all I seem to get out of it, or all that I've seen from it the past 10, 15 years, is once sweet, awesome, beautiful corn and bean fields that were a fixture and staple of the landscape of the state have been bulldozed over for high-density single-family housing developments, house farms, like they're going out of style. That wasn't the Indiana I grew up in. I don't view that as progress. Now, if you'd said, well, we brought all these jobs here and we brought all this development here and your taxes have never been lowered. We've gotten rid of the Mm -hmm. income tax and we've near abolished property taxes and the gas tax has never gone up. Okay, now you're speaking my language because I'm getting something out of this. Yeah. But all that happens for all this supposed record revenue that they're bringing in because of these jobs and these businesses is bigger more encumbersome, more expensive government. Why would I want that? Well, you know, that task force that we mentioned that's going to look into the property taxes, and they do say this is going to be a a two-year investigation. One of the things that they did mention was that they were going to look at the income tax. And if they really want to drive people to the state, that is something they need to consider because people are moving to Florida and Texas and Tennessee. Because when you do, you get an immediate raise. Yep, you're absolutely right. All right, uh, Hammer's next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Ten minutes in front of 11, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hammer from the number one rated Hammer and Nigel show joins us. So are we at a breaking point with Jonathan Taylor and the Colts? Wait, wait, wait. Before you answer that, because I know you are just livid and totally confused about this bumper music that Kev is playing. (laughs) It is actually not Kev's fault. We were talking about off air the movie Animal House. And Stephen Bishop, who did this song was the guy playing the guitar where yep. John Belushi famously walks down the stairs, takes it from him, smashes it, and hands it back to him and says... Romantic guy yes, in the credits. Yes, absolutely. Which it's was a, an impromptu scene. Yes. Apparently, the original scene did not call for that, and that's why John Belushi may be the most funny person who's ever lived. Now, before we get to Jonathan Taylor, since we're talking about John Belushi, I was in bed last night and could not get to sleep. You know, I'm just... Crystal's asleep already, and I'm just channel surfing, you know. And I came across on one of the movie channels, Blue. Blues Brothers 2000. Oh, no. <laughs> now, obviously, John Belushi not in this one as he died a long time ago. But this thing stinks. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. I never really... I knew it existed. Oh, you never seen it? But I never really wanted to see it. But I was in bed. It was like midnight. I was like, man, I got nothing else going on. So I watched a little bit of it. It's awful. Yeah. 
I mean, it's up there with Caddyshack 2 as one of the worst sequels of all time. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, they did it, try to be as a tribute to John Belushi and thought, eh, you know, we'll bring these people back and they'd wanted to do it for years. And John Goodman was probably a pretty good choice, if you're, but that script is terrible. It's, it's awful. Oh, it's just awful. They got a kid running around with a convict. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to happen. Yeah, they're into voodoo land and they're driving underwater and... It's just really, really bad. Like, I knew it was bad. It's been out for like 22, 3 something years yeah. um, I never really had the stomach to watch it but I was just so defeated last night it's like man <laughs> all right let's watch it and speaking of defeated if you're a Colts fan you got to be pretty defeated right now because Jonathan Taylor has just turned into a pretty horrific dude and pre about three or four months ago seemed like a great guy to be the face of your franchise his words, Jonathan Taylor's words, I want to be a cult for life. Yeah. And then he changes agents, and now all of a sudden, it's a hot mess. I think a lot of this is on the agent. I think this has been handled incredibly poorly. Uh, and honestly, I know a lot of people like to criticize Jim Mersey for a lot of things. I mean, you've gone after him before, Rob. <laughs> but in terms of this little back and forth with Jonathan Taylor, I'm Team Ursay all the way. The players signed a collective bargaining agreement. Yeah. They elected the reps. They agreed to the deal. You're still under contract. Now, some of the other players have gotten extensions, but guess what? You play running back, and that position has been devalued last couple of years. So I'm sorry, you agreed to this deal. I'm with Ursay here. Yeah, but doesn't Ursay look like an idiot for coming out emphatically? We will not trade Jonathan Taylor. Now we're in October, and now it's come out. Well, they've given him permission to yeah. try to find somebody to take him off their hands. Well, I mean, that's what owners and general managers do, right? Like if you're playing a game of poker, you don't sit around and look at everybody. I've got fantastic cards. I have no intentions of folding. I will not be bluffing. <laughs> I've got fantastic so his, cards. But, but his word means absolutely nothing because he could have just said nothing. Well, I mean, that's the game, right? Like, how many times have you seen a head coach go, this quarterback is our guy, Jay Cutler is our guy, or whoever it is, and the next week they get But benched. isn't it a little different when it's the owner? I mean, let's face it, this guy steals a gajillion dollars from poor and middle-class people every single year to fund his free stadium. Shouldn't I expect, let me rephrase that, legally steals uh, a gajillion dollars every year via taxation for him to have a free stadium, and I can't even get a little honesty out of the guy? Doesn't he owe it to be honest to me since he's taking my money to put up his I stadium. I want to play poker with you. I want to play a board game with Rob because he's all about honesty. Like, business deals get done and sometimes you have to bluff. Sometimes you have to say some things. I mean, I don't really understand how the stadium factors into the Jonathan Taylor situation. He looks like an idiot. He's totally untrustworthy. Well, when he's to- bluffing when he said, I want to be here for life. That was the bluff. I mean, that's what happens in business. And you've ran a business. Yeah. I'm sure you've ran into people. Didn't who- lie to my clients. Well, maybe you should have. <laughs> maybe you'd still be in business instead of here. Is he going to be able to find a trade partner, you think? I mean... Will he go to Minnesota? He's damaged goods, I think, yeah. but somebody will take a chance on him. Now, I don't think you're getting a first rounder. No way. I don't even know if you're getting a second no rounder way. at this point. If I'm the Colts, I just hang on to him. If he becomes healthy, if he passes a physical and he doesn't want to play, you find him every single day. Yep. Or if he wants to play and better his value for another team, then just wait till some other team has an injury, because it's going to happen, and trade him to them. Would you be my agent? I'd love to be your agent. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Kendall was fired from WIBC. 
Next question. <laughs> hey, what's coming up this afternoon? Oh, uh, we got the folks from Indie Bacon Fest coming in. Oh, wow. Nice. Which is not good when you're on a diet. <laughs> but uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with that. And it's debate pregame. Oh, yeah. The night before the debate reading tonight. Thank you, tonight. Hammer. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.